Thank you for tuning in to Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson. Brought to you by Surefire Social. For more advice, tips, and strategy on small business marketing, visit surefiresocial.com forward slash podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's designed to help you understand a little bit more about the remodeling business. You know, one of the challenges I think today is really taking the time and really reflecting and focus on improving rather than just doing. So what I try to do in this series is select different topics that I think are really relevant, relevant to the marketplace and certainly your business. Today I want to talk about a subject that I think really hits a chord with respect to all remodeling business, especially those involved in the project development or the sales process. And the topic is talking money. And more specifically, it's how do you discuss the subject of money when it comes to your client. So what I want to do is give you some insights, insights from a talk I developed for the Extreme Sales Summit that I think will help you to really get your head around the subject and hopefully have some specific tips on improving your skills in talking about money. So like a lot of topics, I like to get down to the why first. Why is this topic, I think, a little bit more challenging? Well, a big, big part of this, I think, is fear. There's a big fear, I think, on the part of a lot of people that once I get to the money discussion, maybe the client will not like me. Maybe the client will not proceed. And I think there's a natural tendency to want to continue the relationship and continue the dialogue rather than necessarily uh, come to an end because there is some differences in terms of the level of investment or the money. The second is, I think, some basic ignorance. Ignorance in terms of how you talk, ignorance in terms of training on how to talk about money. You know, how many of you went to a seminar or school to talk about how to talk about money? So I think hopefully in listening to this little podcast, it'll help you there. There's also, I think, a, a, a reason it's hard to talk about money is lack of knowledge when it comes to the specific costs of things. You know, I think some people, if I've realized over the years, are much more equipped to, off the tip of their tongue, sort of share insights on the level of budgeting or the costing of things. But as I will share in terms of some of this methodology, you can actually improve that knowledge, and that knowledge will allow you, I think, the freedom to be able to talk about money and not be fearful of it. I think a fourth element of talking about money, because money is not just the cost of something, money is also about the how you go about doing the project in terms of financing, in terms of levels of investment, in terms of returns on investment. And I think that one of the challenges, I think, for a lot of remodeling experts, while they're very expert in the sticks and bricks, when it comes to the uh, knowledge about financing, uh, knowledge about returns and investment, oftentimes the client knows more than you do. So if the client knows more than you do about something, I think it makes it hard to really discuss it. And the last reason, I think, is more of a rooted reason, and that's something that we wake up every day, sort of going through our head. What did our parents teach us? Well, my mother, and I think many mothers out there, they told us as a child, you know, it's not polite to talk about money. So when it comes to, I think, 
uh, discussions about money, we have a little bird on our shoulder that's saying to us, you know, it's not that polite to talk about money. And I think that makes it also, I think, a little bit hard to really push that. So as you think about money, as you think about sort of the subject of money, and I don't want to make this too philosophical, but what is money anyway? You know, think about that. What is the money element in the remodeling discussion anyway? Number one is it's, it's a conversation. And I'm going to give you some techniques on how to be, make it more part of the conversation, but it's a conversation. Number two, it's just a fact. You know, just like, for example, as I train different folks in, in, in remodeling and remodeling sales, you know, the level of investment someone wants to put in is no different than the sun comes up in the east and sets in the west. The orientation of the house is pointing towards the south. It's no different than the clients really caring about certain energy efficient issues or, you know, there's rotted wood. Those are just facts. Money and the level of investment needs to be thought of just as part of one of the many, many fats, facts that you throw into the recipe or the meal that helps the client decide what to do. It's also the context that you need to design within. You know, it's very hard to do a project, I think, if, if you're not designing within the context of what the client really wants. You know, whether they want to spend $10,000, $50,000, $100,000 on a remodeling project is, is the context that you're needing to work with. You know, it's sort of like a meal that you're going to a restaurant. Do you want to go and spend only a few dollars at a fast food restaurant for a quick fix? Or do you want to sit down and savor a more, you know, delightful meal and spend $50? You know, the level of investment that you want to put into something has a lot to do with, I think, uh, what the money formula is all about. It also, an important, I think, concept of money is that it's their money, not yours. You know, I'll talk more about that, but this theme, it's their budget, not your price. I think the more that you can sort of let that absorb in, I think the more comfortable I think you can feel. And just like it's their house, it's their yearning, it's their pain, it's also their money. And I think the more that you can think about it in that, that sense, that is, is a better and more successful way to go. And the last element is it's a choice. And what I mean by that is think about the number of times you've gone out for a major purchase. And oftentimes, let's say you go out to buy a car and you say, okay, I'd like to spend $30,000 on a car, but then mysteriously you walk away or drive away with a $40,000 vehicle. Now, I'm not saying that it's always you take a client up or you take a client down in terms of level of investment. What I am saying is do not assume for the moment that what is discussed up front is necessarily what the client ultimately is going to spend. So as you think about the subject of how to master talking about money, I'm a big believer if you create enough benefits for yourself in being comfortable talking about money, I think you're going to get better at it. It's sort of a simpleton kind of comment, but, but think about all the reasons. Make a list of all the reasons that if you can master the subject of talking about money or you can get your team to master this, how much better you'll be. So the first element is you're going to close more sales. You know, if you are more masterful at the subject of money, you're going to close more sales. Number two is you're going to improve your efficiency, that in the form of your close rate. That's 
very much what we're trying to do. You know, if you're in design building, closing at 15 or 18 percent, you can move it up to 22, 23 percent just by mastering the discussion of money. If you're in specialty sales, closing at 30, 35 percent, you can move it up to 40, 45 percent just by becoming better at talking about money. You can also waste less time. I mean, time is such a valuable commodity for everybody today. You're going to waste less time if you're better at talking about money. You also have more great projects to work on. You know, most of us yearn for more clients and more great projects. Well, if you're more comfortable talking about money, the number of those projects, the number of those clients is clearly going to go up. And then lastly, you're going to create more delighted clients. At the end of the day, your clients, your prospects, they don't call you or your company because they're lonely. They call you because they are yearning for a project or they have pain to do. So the only way I think you're going to move them to that place and create a delighted client is if you do something for them. And I think if you can master the subject of talking about money, you're going to be better at it. So let me share a few insights. I call them sort of talking money insights. And these are sort of paradigms I think are important that you get your head around if you're going to be successful. The first is, think of yourself when you're looking in the mirror. Are you a remodeling consultant? Are you a remodeling doctor? Or are you a financial advisor? Now the reality is you're, you're both. But I think the more that you realize that you're a financial advisor, and just like an investment or a financial advisor, they're going to ask certain questions. They're going to have certain knowledge. They're going to take a client through a certain path of questions. That is the way that I think you're going to be more proficient at talking money. The second is I think you've got to develop a budgeting mindset. Now, I use the word budgeting very specifically. It's their budget and your price. So once you start to develop a budgeting mindset, you realize that I now have a, a, a tool in my tool belt to be able to discuss things, just like I can discuss, you know, aging in place or green or kitchen remodeling or window replacement. I can discuss these things if I have the right budgeting mindset. Related to budgeting is you've got to think about it as a conversation and dialogue, not an estimate. Now, again, this is a little bit counter because many of your clients are out there. They ask you for an estimate but you have to turn it around and make it more of a dialogue. So let me give you a few tips on how to begin some of the conversations when you're talking about budgeting. So it's always good, I think, in sales certainly, but in anything in life, to you know listen much of the time, but also make it a conversation in a series of questions. So a great question might be, have you thought about the level of investment you'd like to put into this project? It's a pretty simple investment or question, and the reality is once you start practicing using that question up front, you're going to find 80% of the time homeowners are going to say one of a few things. They might say, oh, I'm not really sure, you know. Two, they might say, that's why you're here. You're the expert to be able to give me these kinds of insights. But usually they're setting up, I think, a conversation so that you can go on and be able to help them. So your follow-up question then would be, would it be helpful if I share what projects of this magnitude generally cost? Now, there's not one homeowner out there that has called you out that doesn't want you to be helpful. 
So 99% of the time, they're going to say, yes, yes, of course. And what they're doing is they're giving you the permission to start to talk about budgeting. Then you can move them from more of a discussion about the renovation and how you would frame it up. I'm a big believer when you're discussing budgeting for most remodeling projects, it's always better to break it in parts than it is necessarily to give them just a number. I think by just giving them a number or a range, you're giving them, I think, an opportunity to really question, quite frankly, your knowledge or credibility. But if you can train yourself to break it in parts, you might say there's three components for this particular project. We have the renovation component to create the space. We have the kitchen that we put in, and then we have the embellishments or the finishing details at the end. And then give them ranges for each of those, and then those ranges will then add up to a certain level of budgeting. And then you can go on and continue the dialogue. Is this consistent with the, the level of investment that you would like to put into the project? Now, everyone is going to come up with their own specific language and words, but I think it's important that you see it as a strategy and a discussion and you practice it. And then if you practice it over and over and over, you're going to see, I think, some real success. The next theme I want to just talk on briefly is one that you probably heard before, but we don't necessarily think about too much. And that is people buy when the value of what they want is greater than the price. Think of this like an old-fashioned scale. On the one side is value and the other side is your price. And the reality is you want to make sure when you're discussing budgeting to discuss budgeting after, after you have created the value. Now the value is not only your advice and your ideas, the value is certainly uh, knowing more about you and your company and the depth of services. The value is educating the client to the level of risk with working with different kinds of remodeling companies. So you've got to build, build, build value all on those sort of spokes before you get into the level of investment. Now I hope that really hits a chord because I think one mistake is oftentimes we get into the budgeting discussion too early in the process. And the value is not there, so therefore the way the client filters what you're saying to them is not necessarily as effective. Another key theme out there today, and I've done actually podcasts just on this subject because this is very, very relevant today, and that is people buy emotionally but rationalize their decisions logically. You know, I ask companies that I work with all the time, you know, there's some key questions. You know, why do this project at all? You've got to have the logic. Why do this project with you? You've got to have the logic. Why do this project now? You've got to have the logic. So by building all the logic when it comes to, I think, doing the particular project, I think it's really going to make a big, big difference in terms of uh, the level of investment and, and their ability to make sense out of the whole thing. But logic is not, oh, it's just going to make you happy. Logic is about return and investment. Logic is also about price increases if they don't do the project now. Logic is also about if they ever want to sell the house, what would be the perception or the market value if they don't address some of the remodeling sort of pain and needs that are out there. Another element as you think about 
the subject of talking money is words, words and language. And I think as you start to see yourself as a financial planner and you start to listen to financial planner language, it's slightly different than remodeler and design language. So, for example, you know, a few sort of key words. You want to use the word budget, for example, as opposed to price. You know, talk about, you know, you want to make this project consistent and respectful to the level of investment. You want to explore alternatives when it comes to uh, different budgeting elements. You know, what's the magnitude of the budgeting? You know, also not necessarily use sort of a payment or deposit. Think about retainer as a much softer way to, you know, talk about an initial investment. You know, today more than ever, you also have to talk about levels of risk and levels of investment. But try to avoid the word estimate. Estimate is their uh, interpretation of what you do. It becomes your price, your estimate. And, and try to avoid that and start to weave in the word budget much, much more. And I think you'll find that it's much more of a dialogue. Another key element, I think, when it comes to talking money is always try to use ranges. Always use ranges and not specific numbers, especially in the uh, uh, preliminary parts of the conversation. Once you get to final contract negotiation or the closing, obviously you need specific numbers. However, there's many reasons in terms of why to use ranges. Number one is that you're always correct. You know, if you ask me, for example, even something I'm not that knowledgeable about, you know, what does a window cost, I can generally always give you a range. And when you're not sure, all you need to do is widen the range. For example, if I every day am replacing windows and I'm putting in double-hung windows every day, I probably know the installed price of a double-hung window is $1,000 for a specific size. So I can use a range for that kind of window of $900 to $1,100. If I don't do it every day and I'm not as knowledgeable, I might say it's somewhere between $600 and $1,300. In both cases, I'm correct. So use ranges because what it does is it continues the conversation. And again, it's a conversation, not a price. It also gives you the ability, if you can master the range sort of thinking, to, for it to happen on the spot as opposed to having you go be an unpaid researcher looking for prices on everything. It also creates a level of credibility of your knowledge. And overall, I think it's much more of a professional way of looking at things. Another element that I want to just touch on is try to make, I think, the budgeting process a little bit more visual. Now, it's a little bit tricky on a podcast to do this, but I think you can, you can understand some of the themes. I believe 80% of the people out there, they think more visually. So you can always use a photograph, a photograph in comparing things, photograph in terms of giving sort of the client understanding of what some of the level of investment. You can also use metaphors as you're talking about talking about money. You might be talking about, you know, a level of investment with a vehicle that's a $20,000 vehicle versus a $50,000 vehicle. So try to use those kind of levels of metaphors as you're talking about, uh, talking about money because that'll help the client, I think, understand a little bit more that, yes, in fact, it does make sense that you're more or less expensive than something else that they, they've 
they've thought about. Another way to think about money is using diagrams. Diagrams are a great way, I think, for clients to get it. You know, I oftentimes like to use, you know, three types of remodeling businesses and show a diagram of these different types. And you can actually draw this out for them. And by drawing some diagrams out or timelines out or those kind of things out in front of them, at the end of the day, it's your obligation to communicate, not their responsibility to understand. So if, in fact, you can use some communication techniques. Also, I think, by, as I mentioned earlier, by breaking the budget in bite-sized pieces, don't just dump on a big range with them. They're going to most likely get the project, I think, more effectively. I'm also a big believer in helping the client understand how to buy remodeling, not just what it is. So there's three key closing questions in the discussion or the remodeling sales process that I always like to encourage folks to use. First of all, use a third-party discussion up front. You know, this is a confusing process. Many of our clients have found that there are really three key questions that you need to ask yourself at this stage in the process in terms of how to proceed. Number one is, how do you feel about the advice and direction that we've discussed today? Number two is the level of investment consistent with what you'd like to put into this project. And number three, do you feel that we would be a good fit to help you achieve your goals and your dreams? Now, of those three questions, number two is all about the money. It's all about talking money. What's interesting, when you frame up those three questions, what I've asked and surveyed and certainly experiences with homeowners as well, with question number one and number three, 95% or more of the time, they feel good about your advice or they like you. Only 50% of the time are they comfortable with the level of investment. So that leads to a follow-up discussion, and that is that there are three ways to increase or decrease the level of investment. And again, you can see from the pattern here, this is a discussion. It's their budget. It's your job to be a financial planner, not just a remodeling advisor. And by walking through, I think, these things, it really helps you. So the three ways, for example, to increase or decrease the level of investment are, number one, the scope of work, number two, the design and specifications, and number three, the client involvement. Now, if you follow the other theme of making it visual and drawing out a diagram and creating three columns, you can actually talk about their project and ways to increase or decrease the level of investment for each one of these. Another common talking money kind of issue is that I want to give you a couple tips about is when clients ask you for a breakdown. Now, I have worked with many, many remodeling folks, remodeling salespeople. When they get asked that question, they're like a deer in headlights. They're actually almost angry that the client is asking that question. So the first tip or advice I would give you is don't be defensive. And it's not unreasonable for the client to ask for a breakdown. What is unreasonable is for you to acquiesce or let the client control the conversation. So I would say, sure. Help me to understand what you're trying to accomplish. Is it where you're investing the money, i.e. into the kitchen, into the bathroom, into the windows, or is it in terms of the blend of the money, labor, material, and subs? So ask them that question up front. I think when you ask the client that question up front, they will 
at least 50% of the time give you some answer that allows you to come to closure on the, on the, on the request very quickly. You also can maybe give them some general ideas of blends. Most projects like this, there's a, there's a good sort of rule of thumb. You're going to spend 50% of the money on the uh, subcontractors, 30% of the money on the materials, and 20% on the labor. You know, so you can also describe a breakdown in terms of the blend. But what you're going to find is that this is very much of a numbers game. If there's 10 homeowners in the course of whatever, a year, that are going to ask for this, five will say, okay, just for the simple discussion. Three will require a little bit more information, and two may not be satisfied. And those two that may not be satisfied, I would just encourage that you move towards sort of an explanation that, look, Mary and John, you know, our system doesn't really allow for that. It's sort of like when you go out and buy a vehicle or a car, you know, the folks at the dealership don't necessarily know what the steering wheel is going to cost. So I want to summarize with what I call the big three E's. And I use this because I think it's a good way for you to remember. And it's sort of a broad thing that you can focus on. The first is make it easy for the client to understand talking money. I think the less you're fearful about it and the more you just make it easy. And the only way you're going to make it easy is to help them visualize it. It's to help make it more of a conversation. It's using metaphors in different kind of language. The second big E is discuss it early. You know, you need to pepper in investment discussion process early on from your initial call with the client and from your initial tour of, of the project. And the third big E is try to do it every time. Because if you can get into the practice of how your role is all about being a financial planner and you can do it every time, you're going to become, I think, very, very competent. So I want to close and certainly thank everybody for listening to this particular podcast because it's really, I think, given me an opportunity to sort of break down one of the challenging areas I see out there every single day when it comes to uh, remodeling ownership, remodeling home improvement sales. So take care, everyone. I look forward to talking to you soon. Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson was created to help business owners like you grow your business. Learn something new today? Let us know by tweeting at Surefire Social. For more podcasts, visit surefiresocial.com forward slash podcast.